Hey, what's up, everybody? Craig Smoke, Sikkim365.com with a rapid reaction podcast as Baylor football falls at home again, 25-24 in overtime to the Houston Cougars, now sitting at 3-6 and six in the overall season mark and 2-4 and four in Big 12 play. The Bears are pretty much uh, going to wrap it up here in three weeks when West Virginia comes to town as far as the season goes. The hopes for a bowl game, although they were very minute coming into this game anyways, are now basically just slightly above zero, as in .00001 type of uh, just slightly above zero. Uh, there is not going to be a postseason, and that should become official next week. Uh, when they go on the road to face Kansas State. Won't that be a lot of fun? You can tell by my tone I'm not exactly thrilled to be talking about this game. I'm not angry. I'm slightly just disheartened and frustrated. And having said that, I can't imagine how many of you out there, the alumni, the faithful, the supporters, the ticket buyers, I can't imagine how you feel watching yet another Saturday of a similar product and not one that's all that great. Um, you know, there's a lot of things from execution, which is a very real thing, as evidenced by uh, their lack of execution down near the goal line that turned what should be a gimme touchdown after two penalties into eventually what would be a field goal in a game that would go to overtime. Execution is a very real thing that this football team does not do well. But there are a lot of other things that this team does not do well, that they once again did not do well today. The slow starts are inexcusable. A 1-6 record at home is inexcusable. When you're 1-5 and and a big theme has been your play at home and you start slow, and you start slow against a team that is new to the Big 12, and you start slow against a team that's an in-state renewed rival, when you start slow in week freaking 10 at this point and it's been a theme for like nine of the 10 weeks it's just inexcusable and that's how I feel I can only imagine like I said how many of you out there with much more skin in the game how you feel I'm just a frustrated media guy tired of watching bad football and reliving it basically every week Um, and that's my frustrations boiling over because I know that this program is better than this and deserves better than this. And it's just shocking having seen the ups and downs, the peaks and the valleys over the last few years. It's still stunning to me to see where this currently sits and where it looks like it's going, which is not up. That's the thing. There's not a lot of positives to hang your head on. What Dawson Pendergrass had a great game as far as having some moments again. But he's far from being a star that's going to lead you you know, into the into the promised land. He's still developing. And development's a part of this as well. But it's week 10. And they're doing a lot of the same things. Missed tackles are still an issue. Execution's still an issue. The offensive line is the biggest of issues. Um, and it's just really frustrating at this point in the year. Three games to go and the bowl hopes are out the window And uh, it's just a matter of whether or not this team's going to find a way to be able to win another game. But one and six at home, and very likely one and seven when all is said and done. Because West Virginia's playing good ball, and that's a good team, and they are a better team than Baylor is. Now, at the same time, having said all that, I know how negative all of that just was. And I don't want to sit here and, and dwell on the negatives 
because we're all going to have to talk and listen, you know, or we don't have to, I do, you don't, but I'm going to have to talk and write about this game a lot more in the coming days. And I want to save some of my salvos or my ammo for that. I also don't want to make this too negative because there are very real people with very real jobs or scholarships or, you know, whatever family members that are involved in this. And, you know, I don't want to just go, um, you know, on a roast session here. Um, and I don't think I need to explain how bad this is. I think everybody's very well aware. I think if you're at that game today with that sparse crowd, they got their hopes, you know, going there at the end. Uh, I think you know where this thing is. So I don't need to detail the drives here. We can do that Tuesday with the Bearcast. I don't need to get into all of the different, you know, ups and downs of this game. I'll, I'll write that in the good, the bad, and the ugly. But, um, man alive, just some things that stick with me. Those goal line penalties were just awful. Uh, timing-wise and execution-wise, and what what should have been a gimme touchdown turns into a field goal there late in the game. Baylor was fortunate to even be in this game late. They were fortunate that this game got into overtime because this was yet another example of slow starts, which at this point is inexcusable. The slow starts are so common now that for them to fast start would be like what? What just coach? Tell us what happened. How just how just start fast? The slow starts are an every single week thing. The late surges are are becoming commonplace as well. Being fortunate to have a chance late, like Cincinnati is the only example of them being on the road at least. Like because I know they won you know against UCF, but those two wins we know Long Island's Long Island. Like I don't even chalk that up to really anything. You know that, that was just a, that was a gimme win, but those other two. The late surges. You know, Cincinnati, not so much. I take that back. Cincinnati, you kind of got on that one from the very get-go. But the slow starts, you know, the late surge here, the late surge against UCF, you came up short here, but the slow starts, just inexcusable. Another loss at home. One and six, going to be one and seven when all is said and done. You know, I used to get really um, annoyed when Baylor would go on the road back in the day. Um, even up to here in the last couple years. Now it's a little bit easier because YouTube usually has post games that get put up with relatively, you know, good amount of time, you know, maybe hours for some, maybe like the following day. Some of them are pretty quick, but I can find the day of a random press conference pretty nifty compared to back in the day where, you know, you'd have to wait like a couple of days. It wouldn't, wouldn't see a press conference on the road till Monday or some like scratchy audio. And I get bummed out because I didn't get to travel a whole lot. So I would hate missing out on what Art Bryles or Matt Rule or Dave Aranda had to say and then tweeting that out to you guys and gals and you know sharing the enjoyment or the 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 bad negative vibes from the loss or but just being able to spread that and keep you up to date and do all those types of things I'd get bummed when there wasn't a press conference because I'd get bummed when they were on the road because I couldn't always go and see it I couldn't be there for the post game so I cherish those home games and they are 1 and 6 at home this year and I find myself thinking, uh, man, what a great time to have them go away for a couple of weeks, you know? Like, not excited, but not upset that they're going to be going on the road for a couple of weeks, and not upset that that may mean that it might take a little bit longer to hear that post game because I already feel like I know what I'm going to hear anyways. And that's where I am, kind of in my, my excitement level for this trajectory is 
to get excited about them going on the road would be would have been unheard of for me up until now. And again, excited, not the right word, but I'm not bummed about it. I'll put it that way. And I'm not going to be as quick as possible in trying to hunt down, you know, begging Jerry Hill to send me a post game from wherever, I guess Manhattan next week. Because I'm just at a loss with this team. Um, it's the same kind of thing every week. Execution is by far their biggest issue, but it's just not enough of an excuse at this point. Nor is it an excuse anyways, but with all the other things that I mentioned, the slow starts, not waking up until late, to get shut out in the first half by Houston, to get shut out in the first half period, to get shut out by this defense? Are you kidding me? Now, granted, there's execution issues in the special teams. Two weeks ago, special teams player of the week, the whole unit was thriving. Now, it's like under 50% odds that a kick's going to be made, extra point or field goal. Execution. Down at the goal line, getting penalties. Execution. Scoring, getting momentum, giving up the easiest drive of all time on defense right afterwards. Execution. It's definitely a thing. But it's not all the things, and man, this is just not going a good direction. And they're not going to go to a bowl game. They might, they might not win another game the rest of this year. All that's well and good. There are real people on the other side of that, and I don't. I know that there's, you know, this is bigger than just my feelings on a football game or your feelings or or our website or show or whatever. But man, alive, it's frustrating. Like to to see. Where this team finds itself in week 10 at home against a team that should not be better than you. And they were better basically the entire day. It just didn't show because Donovan Smith likes to throw interceptions. And because you're able to just have a couple of plays turn into something that that gets this thing into overtime. But... You know, even overtime, like Donovan, who didn't know that Donovan Smith was about to keep that with the way that they were aligned? Who did not know that that was coming, right? Apparently, Baylor did, Rend did. He said in his post game that they kind of saw what was coming, but they didn't, you guessed it, execute. So I can tell by Twitter, I can tell by uh, just my own thoughts, I can tell by my conversations already since the game ended uh, that everybody's frustrated. And no one seems to have really any answers. And none of us are buying that this is just, oh, it's going to take some more time and maturation and all that. It is week 10. And there are some guys who um, should be well beyond, like still, you know, growing pains level at this point. And uh, it's just not getting any better. And even though that too was debunked in the post game as far as not letting the positives get lost in the negatives or, you know, I'm phrasing that my own way, but that was basically the gist of it. And there are things execution-wise and performance-wise that, you know, maybe aren't aren't clean to the naked eye or the football mind, but that those things are going on and that's what they need to embrace. And I understand that that's what they've got to do is they've got to embrace the positive and, and remain positive with three more games to go. But I shouldn't need a microscope or a football master's degree to be able to see whether or not this team looks like they know what they're doing or if they're any good or not. And I feel like I must have have to have one to be able to see what was being alluded to. And even then, I, I don't know how it could be an oversight on my end that is some, you know, pile of gold that just with given more time is going to multiply and this team will be right back to their green and gold glory and dominating at home 
and contending for the Big 12 and all of those things. I, I just don't see it. And maybe I'm not smart enough to see it, but I don't know. I'll call that bluff. Um, I'm sure there are little gains being made here and there. Dawson Pendergrass continues to be a bright spot, but let's not kid ourselves. He's not ready to be the guy. He's not ready to lead this team on his back. Who's going to block for him anyways? Um, you know, Caden Jenkins, another interception. That's great, but, you know, they've been doing these types of things. And even still, they're not quite, and it's not the, obviously I'm giving them credit for the plays made, but that's not nearly enough on their end or team-wide to, to make up for what's not being executed or what's not going right. And so, yeah, there's, there's little, little things here and there. But, uh, man, they are not adding up anywhere close to what needs to be seen on Saturdays. And, and to drop to 1-6 at home, to lose to Houston in the fashion that you did, not in overtime on a two-point conversion, even though the play that you were trying to defend was frustrating beyond belief knowing it was coming. Um, it's just it's, it's the fact that you were lucky to get to overtime at a home game against Houston. That's a big win for their program. They got a chance to go bowling now, winning two of their last three. It's a possibility with Cincinnati and UCF. Uh, Baylor's got to go to K-State now, and that could get very, very ugly based on what we've seen up to this point. Um, Yeah, I'm just at a loss for, for sort of where this thing's going, where it's headed, but there's three games remaining, and um, we'll see where it, where it goes. But if you're going to have – an offense that can't score points, you better have a, a stingy defense, and that's not the case, or some great special teams, and that's not even the case today. Uh, if it's defense that's, you know, you better have a great, if defense is bad, you better have a great, I mean, none of it, none of it comes together in any way, shape, or form for a great recipe. Um, it's it's uh, it's in need of some new ingredients uh, and freshening up. I, I don't know how all that works, but it's week 10, and things aren't all that different. From the uh, from the amateur eye, and I'm just bummed out. I'm bummed out for the folks who once again showed up in McLean, even though you can see where that's starting to thin out immensely because of the product and the results. Uh, I'm just bummed out for for people that show up on Saturdays with passion, and and this is what's you know being put out there. It's uh not what anybody wants. I know it's certainly not what Aranda or the the players want, and I know they're working hard and trying hard, but. My goodness, folks, this is just another new low, and there's not anything on the horizon that indicates that's going to change anytime soon, and at what point are you at the point of no return? I guess we'll learn that, but man, what a uh, tough loss, 25-24, Houston, their first Big 12 road win in school history, comes to the expense of the Baylor Bears, who now are 3-6, and six. And two and four in Big 12 play, and only above Cincinnati and UCF in the Big 12 standings now. We'll see what happens next week on the road, Manhattan. That's all I got for you. I want to go watch LSU, Alabama. I want to go watch Washington and USC and enjoy those games and enjoy those products um, and just hope for a better week coming up. But I think we all kind of know what it is and we've known for a while. And today was just more evidence of, uh, you know, we know. We know uh, where this thing is at the moment, and we'll see where it's going uh, here over the next few days and weeks. Until next time, this has been the Rapid Reaction Podcast on Sikkim365.com.